Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast. How's it going? Today on the show, look at me setting up the show properly. Today on the show, Lee Daniels, the uh, director, producer, writer of uh, Empire, The Butler, uh, Monsters Ball. He's uh, he's going to be here. We we talked for about an hour. He only had I had a tight window, but it was good. I think we locked in and we get, and we got some stuff done. Got we emotionally bonded and challenged each other a little bit, and it was. Uh, it was exciting. It was moving. I needed one of those. I needed one of those where I'm like, ah, oh, this kind of, I don't know, making me have feels. Is that how the kids say it? Feels? Is that where we're at? So what's happening? I'm sick. I'm sick. Not only, you know, not only do I have like four stitches in my mouth, now I've got a fucking cold. I'm sure you can hear it, but uh, the show must go on. Okay. The show must go on. But if, if you're wondering why I sound weird, that's it. Those two things. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton passed away, uh, which is sad. He was very old, but it's sad still. Nonetheless, does not matter. He was uh, one of those guys that you just always thought was going to be there forever on some on some level, and he is because he's done so many movies. But we did repost the uh, original interview I did with him, which if any of you have been with me for a long time, I was very insecure about, and a lot of people got mad at me. Because uh, they said it was fine. He was old and uh, I was too hard on myself. Or what did you expect, you idiot? He's an old man. Uh, But I just wanted to say that we did uh, put that interview back up if you wanted to check in with that. I did see that new movie, Lucky, too. That would have to be his last movie. And I think it was a very... It's a very personal movie for him, I think. And I'm uh, I'm not being... Paid to say this, and I don't know where I got the film or who sent it to me. It was directed by John Carroll Lynch, who is also an actor uh, that you might remember played uh, Francis McDormand's husband in um, Fargo. But the movie stars Harry Dean, and he's this like ninety-year-old atheist who has outlived and outsmoked his contemporaries. So you—it's like it's not him, but it is him in a way, I believe. And it's a pretty great movie. David Lynch is in it. Ron Livingston, Tom Skerritt has a part in it. There's a lot of older cats that you haven't seen in a while. But I recommend it. I don't know where you can find it, but uh, it's a good movie. It's called Lucky. And if you have a a Jones to see uh, the last film that Harry Dean Stanton did, I believe, I'm I'm not mistaken, 
uh, you should watch that because it's 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 a poetic little movie. It's it's a little um, stylized, but it's great if you love Harry Dean. Okay, I just wanted to put that out there. I'm I'm a little raw. I'm I'm fucking sick. So here's what's going on. Let's read a couple emails. I want to talk about Eric Clapton for a minute. I talked about um, oh the teabag situation. That sounds dirty, but it's not. First, uh, the emails. Uh, Here we go. It says, dude, subject line, dude, is that really your butt in glow? Please say yes. Uh, That's from Ross. So I wrote back, of course, and he wrote back, nice. I thought it was a nice exchange. I wanted to share it with you. Um, Here's another one. Subject line, too good. My girlfriend farted in front of me for the first time while laughing, watching Too Real. So thanks for that intimate moment and progression in our relationship. Your best work yet. <laughs> Glad to help out, man. That was from Marcus. That's a big moment for a couple, and and I'm I'm, I you know I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of the special, but at this moment, I'm more proud that I facilitated that wonderful moment between you two. And you're welcome. And thank you for watching Too Real on Netflix. I appreciate that. Now, the tea issue. Let's get to the tea issue. As you know, I spoke about buying a bag of PG Tips that was had 1,150 tea bags in it, which was too much. It's a lot of pressure. Don't think I'm going to make it. It's very intimidating. It, it's a harbinger of my mortality. There, there's a lot of problems with it. And I've, I've, st- I've stuffed that big bag into a cabinet, and I'm, I, I have a little tin for PG Tips, so I, I'm just filling the tin. But I got an email after actually talking about unloading the pg tips uh pg tips wanted eagle rock which is close to me my name is will and my wife and i recently moved to eagle rock from london i was listening to your lord wtf episode and heard you've overordered pg tips tea bags like true english we both drink quite a lot of pg tips congrats as it's the only tea and are down to our last small box so i'd be up for buying some off you if you wanted no joke love the podcast by the way cheers will and I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing some fan outreach. Uh, and I wrote back, sure, I can meet you later today. I'll bring some. When is good? Marin. Will. Amazing. Afraid I'm at work the weekdays in Wilshire, but can either come meet you on the weekend or on my way home one night after work, if that's cool. Just let me know how much money. Thanks so much. And I said, maybe over the weekend, I don't need money. I have a lot of tea. Marin. He said, yeah, weekend is cool. I'm around. Great. Thank you so much. PG Tips is literally the only thing we get homesick for. And then he wrote, hey, Mark, let me know when it's good. Then he started pressuring me a little bit. Let me know when it's good this weekend. I felt a Jones coming. Like, you know, I teased him. I teased him with this big drop of PG Tips, which is a highly addictive substance. So he says, going to be on York Boulevard in about an hour if that works. I also have some vinyl for you to say thanks, cheer as well. So now, like, you don't know. You email a mid-level celebrity like myself. You don't know if, like, I'm going to get back to you or what. So now he's sweetening the deal with vinyl. Like, he's like, he needs his stuff. But he's like, I don't know if Marin's really on the level with this shit. It's audacious that I would expect this to happen with a mid-level celebrity such as Mark Marin. That's what I'm projecting onto him. And then I said, I have to go by Rock Dog and Cat on Colorado next to the Poke place in the strip mall. Can you be there at 4.30? I'll hand off the goods. And Will said, cool, see you then. No cops. So I did a tea drop in the parking lot of a strip mall. Did a PG tip tea drop uh, for my English pal and uh, got a couple records. 
I, I don't like, don't go crazy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be doing that every week. It's just I'm I'm fragile. I'm vulnerable. I'm a little ill. I like I got I can't. I'll explain it later. Oh man. So I went and saw Clapton, and as some of you know, I you know I don't. Well, here's the thing, and I guess I can tell you. Um, I'm a tremendously uh, big fan of um, Jimmy Vaughn. Now, I don't know if you know who Jimmy Vaughn is. Jimmy Vaughn is a guitar player. He's Stevie Ray Vaughan's uh, older brother. And he had a band called the Fabulous Thunderbirds. And the first two Fabulous Thunderbirds records are, for my money, or from, my, from, my, from where I'm sitting, two of the greatest sort of Tex, Texas blues records that you can that you can own just beautiful fucking jump blues guitar point i mean he's just he's like uh he's he's a classicist of blues guitar playing and great blues music a lot for a lot of it from the texas guys i guess what i'm getting at is yes i did interview jimmy vaughn but that's not what this is about jimmy vaughn and another cat that he plays guitar with billy Pittman, who i also know uh they were opening for clapton at the forum and after i talked to jimmy in here which you'll hear eventually he let me play with him too. It's a real, a real fucking honor. I lo- you gotta check out the first two Fabulous Thunderbirds records. Uh, Girls go wild. What's the word? Just get those two. I play guitar with those two records more than almost any other record. Like even more than Peter Green. Those first two Fabulous Thunderbirds records. So for me, it was a real thrill and an honor to hang out with Jimmy Vaughn. So they're opening for Clapton at the Forum. It's uh, Jimmy Vaughn and his band, then Gary Clark, and then Clapton. Now, as some of you know. I I respect Clapton, but I've I've been a little bored by him at at times. But I went to see these guys. And I watched Jimmy. And I hung out, and Jimmy showed me some licks, and he gave me some strings. He told me I got to do flat wounds. That's where it's at. This is only important to guitar players. But like I watched Clapton, and I I think I figured it out. It's not, he's always been pretty laid back, right? It's just as he got older. You know, he doesn't put any effort into, you know, he'll just wear some stonewashed jeans, maybe some cargo pants, uh, Birkenstocks or Doc Siders and just a short sleeve shirt. And I don't know what I'm expecting from a 71 year old man, but, you know, he's just very grounded and does, has nothing to fucking prove. And he just sat there. He did like three fucking rockers and he sat down with an acoustic and did a bunch of his hits on acoustic. And then he picked up the electric again, did White Room and some other shit. And, you know, I'm not saying it was riveting, but it was pleasant. And the one thing that I felt was that when he did lay out a lead, and he's really done his homework on the the acoustic blues playing over the years, man. He really fucking knocks that shit out. That was really some of the best, the acoustic blues. And that's probably where he's at. He's a real blues guy. He just, you know, he's not going to you know run around like uh, like Mick Jagger. He's just going to be up there, be slow hand, lay back, take it easy, not talk to the audience, do his fucking job. He seems like a very grounded, sober, spiritual dude, you know, in a way that's um, almost shy. But I'll tell you the one thing, like one thing I'd love to see, like, you know, when they do hit that lead, like during White Room or whatever, during one of the classic old ones, uh, what do you do? A key to the highway, you know, it's like. Can't we just lay out a 20-minute jam? You know, can't we just do that? Because when he'd get on those runs, I'm like, that's why he's fucking great. Those runs are outstanding. These blues runs. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just watching his fingers on the big screen. Anyway, uh, I, I, I'm sorry that I dismissed Eric Clapton for being boring. He's a wizard 
and he he is like it's a lot of responsibility to uh you know to to be a guitar hero and to hold that mantle and he fucking did and uh i'm sorry eric all right not that you listen not that i talked to you not that i even met you but there you have it okay if it's great job i just wish maybe a 12 minute lead 12 minute like jam just fucking lay it out cream style right why not maybe i left too soon did you do that are you still playing now i don't know maybe the show is continuing Okay, Lee Daniels was in and out here. He uh, he was he was doing a junket, doing uh, other interviews. You know, he's got his show um, Empire and Star uh, premieres the the new season on September twenty seventh, my birthday, and I was happy to talk to him. It was kind of intense. This is me and Lee Dan. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called the Foxed page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts Niels. so you had a you had a production call right there right just mean? walking in yeah you're dealing uh, with some dude what what's hard <laughs> is it is yeah for which show star uh-huh and it was uh about music and yeah it's just so hard it's so hard but you deal with that every day like right i so, know but i was literally we're trying to find a song about um yeah in one of uh the episodes where as a finale number yeah that's sort of like about where we are right now as a country uh-huh and i wanted it to be um my interpretation of we are the world right a hipper sort of but i remember when we are the world was yeah. done i felt that even though they had all those stars there it felt a little <laughs> little like cutie sure like, almost yeah. like disneylandy oh absolutely yeah but it was it was what it was and so i'm trying to find a um, a rougher <clears throat> grittier version of that song and the, that song not exactly. that song exactly right. but sort of like an inspiration Something. that you know because we're in a fucked up place right now bad so i you know, so i'm just trying to find a song that is uh that um, why don't you hire a bunch of cast to cover that thing we do oh that, yeah that was the call that i was making as oh, okay. walking into the door are we recording yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's exciting yeah um and then you're shifting gears and i'm thinking as i'm driving up okay where am i going what am i doing right now tonight mm-hmm. as today. i walk into here right now to this great space that yeah. is, is filled with such you got to ground yourself yeah i'm i'm adjusting to it because it's a it's a pretty afro pick and everything it's pretty um <laughs> it's my kind of style <laughs> it really lot. is my kind you, of style you like clutter mm-hmm. yeah, historical clutter mm-hmm. yeah is that what is that what your house looks like 
Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> well, that's good. I appreciate it, <laughs> A collector. Yeah. You're a collector. My mother calls it junk. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why. I, I don't. It's comforting to me. It's very soothing. I feel, I feel right at home trying to figure out. Already, I want to, like, attack the books. And I, I, yeah. I, I want to. I'm loving that thing right there that I grew up with. The, the troll doll? Yeah, man. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot like of home. stuff. Well, then you well, got the Bible. It's like it's it's I a got little a few bit Bibles. of Bibles. You go from the Bible to Homeboy over there. Yeah, to which one? Oh, to Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, well, that's just a weird picture uh, that somebody put. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, that that somebody put the tattoo that I used for my logo on a bunch of different people, yeah. and that that was what that was. So what's so you don't live here? I uh, I do. You do. Here. I did, man. I'm homeless right now. I now, live in New York. You're breaking my heart. Uh, I'm not homeless. <laughs> no, I, they, I ain't that kind of homeless. I've been that homeless. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not that kind of homeless. But I, I, um, I prefer that kind of homeless actually. Really? Yeah, because if you know, I know what time it is. You know sure. what I mean? But yeah. this is a level playing field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you got when you got nothing, you got nothing left. Exactly. Over. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the um, this is a different type of a homeless. In that my spirit, my home is yeah. New York. You know, right? And um, and I've shows in in Atlanta and in New York and in Chicago so I go back and forth between both cities empires in Chicago mm-hmm no kidding yeah shooting in Chicago you shoot, you shoot all there mm-hmm so I stay at a hotel there and then I stay at a hotel in Chicago and then I um nice hotel I like Chicago I do too. I like I, I, in I the summertime or in the autumn. No, yeah, I can't. I can't mess with that. I didn't winter. take. I didn't know about Chicago for years, and then I started playing there and working there, and I was like, "This is a real city it with its own thing." Mm. You know, it's really grounded. It's a good place. Mm. I mean, I know it's got its problems, but I mean, it's a mm. nice city, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah, Atlanta. I don't like. I never really got a handle on Atlanta, but that's it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's 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 actually um, there's some good groovy. It's as folks. nice as it's as nice as Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like a big, it's like the hub of show business. I'm told. Yeah, what are you you're shooting there? You know, right? They're shooting all I kinds guess, of I mean, shit there. I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, you get in, in into your bubble of right. what it is, so you really don't know about other people's sure. worlds. Yeah, but where'd you grow up? Philadelphia. When it was tough. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The move experience, Rizzo yeah. has mayor experience. Um, yeah. And, and it was, it was I, I like Philly now. That's beautiful, right? It's really be- um. Well, what you go downtown is yeah. beautiful, yeah. And then you step into North Philadelphia, and you step into the into the depths of West Philadelphia, yeah. And you see the countless rows of homes that are abandoned, and then you see one little home, like row homes, and you see yeah. one like all these abandoned homes, yeah, boarded up even, yeah. And you'll see a person living on that street, yeah. Literally one family out of a thirteen row home, yeah. Family, it's pretty intense. Why is that? <clears throat> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Mm, it's really deep. It's yeah. really yeah. It's but just, it's not. It's not. Like, I drove. I drove. My brother had a family yeah. that lived in in Philadelphia, and um, I drove down the street, and it was like all these abandoned homes, and yeah. then there was his house. And it's just the way <clears throat> it is because it's not. It doesn't. You don't hear. It's not like Detroit. It didn't yeah, it die. Is. I'm sorry, but certain parts of Philadelphia, it's it's bad. It just died. It's just died. It's gone. Yeah. Oh. And the houses are just there. What about where you grew up? Is it still alive? Yeah. It's yeah. so funny, you know. It's secular. When we moved in, uh, we were the first black family that lived on our street yeah. in West in Winfield. Yeah. And uh, it was <laughs> a bunch of white people lived in. And then we said they sort of skirted off to the suburbs. Right and after then you became, moved there? Yeah. 
and then it became <laughs> all black. And yeah. now it's um, and now because there's a college there, St. Joe's, uh-huh. uh, it's now it's now white again with hmm. um, sp- with sprinkles of yeah. African American families. So it all comes back around. Mm-hmm. But wait, when you grew up there, it was just a working class neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Lower middle class. Yeah, it, it was a middle class neighborhood that became lower middle class. Uh huh. And what was your what was uh, your family's uh, what would your old man do? He was a cop. Really? Mm-hmm. He was I a guess. cop that worked for Rizzo, Frank oh, wow. Rizzo. And, yeah. Uh, you know, when you think of uh, some of my earliest memories, were a group of white men crying over my uh, father's body and um, in oh. blue. And uh, how and old were they? Fifteen. Uh huh. That's when they start. Those are some of your earliest memories. I mean, you know. Yeah. No, I know. My earliest memory was pooping yeah. in my uh, grandfather's shoe. You did that mm-hmm. on purpose. I would imagine. I don't know. It's a, I don't a, remember. I just remember <laughs> pooping in my grandfather's shoe. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> tough. It's a tough coincidence to accept. Like, you know, it doesn't sound like it just happened. Oh, yeah. But your 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 father was killed in duty mm-hmm. on duty, gunned down. Hmm. He was a, he was a, he lived the way he died. Yeah. Which was a violent death. He was a violent man? Mm-hmm. How many siblings you got? Four. Yeah. And was he, he was a violent family? Uh, not all the time. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sorry you went through that. That's, that's I, I thought it was normal. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to process. Have you processed it? I mean, do you have you worked through it? I'm working through it. Yeah, yeah. I worked through it through my work. Yeah, yeah. And then I learned that that wasn't enough. So now you know, I now do you... therapy and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you work through it in your work, or were you avoiding it through your work? Do you know what I mean? Like I know you work. People, artists, you know, create stuff that resonates with them and moves them through stuff. But a lot of times, you seem like a very busy guy. So I imagine that sometimes, you know, just working gets you away from you know whatever emotions that you wow that's a very powerful statement and i think it's accurate it's very accurate because you don't and then you come back and whoa you still got the same problems right but i do i do everything that i do it comes from a place of experience sure right and uh and so it is it is really therapeutic um but then i come back to still um what you just said yeah, who and you so, are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm 57, and so I'm, you know, for the first time ever, I've been in therapy. Yeah. And it seems to be working. You look good. I feel good, man. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's working. So, because, like, you know, like, I'm not drinking. I'm, you know, I, I'm going through this sober thing. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've, been, I've been sober a long time. Me too. I'm in AA. Yeah. Mm. Me too. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know whether I should. You're not supposed to, but that's all I'm right. I'm not supposed to I, say. I talk about it all the time. I'm not supposed to. No. You can. You, Why? You, According to the program, uh-huh. do you want to know originally why? Yeah. They didn't want people who were famous people talking about it because they didn't want those people to rep. They don't want to have public representatives of the program because let's say that like somebody gets sober because of you. You said AA, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, maybe you you don't stay sober. Then whoever, <laughs> so then they're like, <laughs> well, that's the reason I got sober. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, yeah. So can we can we delete this part? No, then? no, no. I talk about it all the time. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you what the tradition means. How long have you been sober? Um, six months. 
Oh, so you're you're in it. So you're doing it. I mean, no. Yeah. I got sober. Yeah. And then I got sober. I mean, no, I, I, get was, it. I was like, I was, um, I was on drugs. Yeah. You know, some 15 years ago. Right. And then I got, and so I, and I drank. Yeah. And then I recently just said, uh-uh. Right. I need a, it's a, it, I don't know Everything. why. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So this is an exciting time. You're going to find <clears throat> out a lot about yourself. Well, I'm knowing that I, I'm having difficulty <laughs> now having sober sex. Yeah. That's right. something that's that's <laughs> yeah not not as loose as it used to no. be. <laughs> Maybe that's something to do with me being fifty-seven too. Sure, not yeah. really like you know oh, yeah. something. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a little more. You know, you, you can't hide from yourself as much. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, man. It's. I hard. think. Um, no, I've been really honest with um, who I am uh-huh. and what I what I've been through, uh-huh. and a lot of people are receptive, and a lot of people are not, and. Um, and I've never cared. Yeah. Really. Yeah. As long as I'm staying and living in my truth, even when I was high. Yeah. Saying, I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm living in my truth. I'm you know. Tru- <laughs> I'm truly and high. I'm, really, I'm high. Yeah. And uh, people would look at me like, he's high for saying that he's high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting oh, thing. Oh, like, my God. Where's, where's this interview going? Well, how far along are you in the Richard Pryor movie? I'm not. <laughs> I was. I know. I was, um, I related to it so much because I was, I was, you know, I was, I did what he did. I yeah. was doing cocaine. Yeah. And, and, um, we were going to do it. Yeah. And then I just sort of just, I don't know. I just, I got caught up in TV land and it really, it sucks you in. It dry, you're it's dry. very demanding. In. Yeah. You it's can't, like, it's not like I'm going away for six months to make a movie. <clears throat> I didn't know that though oh. when I signed up for it. Oh, for I didn't even know that the show was going to be it. I didn't even know the show was going to get picked up. Empire. I literally was going to. Yeah, yeah. That's the first. And so yeah. I didn't know that we were going to get picked up. So we'll, we did it. I did it as a. You know what? Whitney Cummings came in. Do you know who she is? Sure. She came over and said, Why are you poor? I go, you, She says, You get these Oscars for people. Yeah. But you're like. Why are you? When did she say this to you? Well, you say she just came over. How did you yeah, know? She was because she's friends, you know. Yeah, she sure. came over and she was to like, your house, mm, New York. Uh-huh. And she says, "Lee, I get a lot of money. Yeah, I mean a lot of money. And if you do a TV <laughs> show, you can get a lot of money." And I go, "Really? What kind of money?" And then she told me what kind of money, and I said, "Are you?" Are you? And she said, "Yeah." And that's just like a, I said, "Okay." Um, so when my partner, um, who wrote the Butler, came to me and said, "Okay, let's just do another movie about." Um, we had in common, um, we loved, um, um, King Lear. Yeah. And we wanted to do a family about a black sort of hip hop sort of Lear. thing. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to do, um, it as a film. Yeah. And I said, no, let's do it as a TV show. Right. Cause I, I think I'm told by my friend Whitney that we can make money. So <laughs> in I, television. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we didn't think that the pilot was going to get picked up cause no one was buying African American anything. Mm-hmm. So I went, we literally, literally went off to do, we were going to do, I was going to do Richard Pryor afterwards. And um, and then it got picked up, which meant, oh my God, okay, that's great. Got to so make more. Means, you got to do 13 more. And I said, well, what does that mean? So now we had to sit and think about what that meant as a season. Yeah. And that's time consuming. And oh yeah. So and like, you got a writing room? You got a, oh, a dude, crew? It was, it was, it was like, what? it was so deep. And then I'm making money. I am making money. Yeah. And then they, and then they say, "Hey, Lee, you want a deal?" Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, we like you over here. Yeah, you're making money. We, we had said, no idea. I said so. I said, "What kind of money?" Because I really, 
I've never been motivated by yeah, money. Right. I, I, you know, the minute, maybe I have been motivated by money, but it's gotta I don't be a little bit. I always wanted to do it for for like to leave, to make sure it's important. Yeah. Or that that I could be make my kids proud. Right. At the end, of, that's that's the what's important. Right. For me. Yeah. And um, but the kids were going to college, and so I said, um, I ain't got the money. That is the most phallic. This is crazy. This room. I love this room. Which it's a mushroom? But oh, the, is it, the cat is it really on top? a penis head? What is it exactly? It's a mushroom, but I mean, it could be a, <laughs> could be a colorful penis head. I'll, I'll, a mosaic giant mm, penis head. Um. Yeah. Um, so you're saying kids are in college? You don't no, I was going there. I said I had to, for, I had to, you know, I had to put the kids through college. So I, um, so how we many kids you got? Two, yeah, twins, yeah, um, and twenty one now, mm-hmm. and um, and they, you know, wanted to go to expensive schools. So I, I real, I was sort of forced into the TV world. But then, then it became a job. Work, sure. yeah, cool. you know. And it was like, yeah. you know, yeah. there's no end. There's no, no there, oh yes, there is. <laughs> Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not not in the foreseeable future, really, right? Uh, no, because they just they just keep spitting. Them out. What do you mean they're not? But, gonna... I, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try, I'm yeah. forcing myself to do uh-huh. a film. So, um, but going back to the Richard Pryor of it all, um, I'm no longer at this point going to direct it. I'm going to produce it. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So Epps is still moving forward. Oh, for and, sure. And and there's a script being written. The script has been written by you. No. Well, I, I did a pass on the script. Bill yeah. Condon. Oh yeah, he's an incredible uh-huh. writer. Um, it's very uh, Bob Fosse. It's very oh good. Um, well, that's good. All that jazz, except. Uh, and he's going to direct it too. But Who? no, Bill's not. He was going to direct yeah. it, but he no, he's not. So uh-huh. we're looking for a director right now. Oh well, so what they based the, what book they based <clears> it on, <throat> or where they didn't base it off anything. They, they just, just based it, put it on, together. They put it together, you know, from. His life. His, he mm-hmm. had the document, a couple right. of documentaries. Um, That's exciting. Some man. of the kids, the wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the wife, some of the kids. Not all the kids, but mm-hmm. a couple of them. But let's, like, I, I mean, like, I'm sort of fascinated with, like, the the sort of nuts and bolts of how you got to where you are from, from like, was show business the thing in the beginning when you were a kid? Was that what you saw yourself doing? Because you're like a you're like a mogul. You're like, and you've done a lot of different elements of show business. Mm. You, you've been a manager, a producer, uh, a writer, an actor, a bit, a director. Well, I'm I mean, not really an actor. I only acted because they forced. I, there's nobody else to stand in and say the lines that was good. So I had to oh. come in and say, you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, but all that other stuff, you know. And you came I'm up. I'm not an actor. Okay, I tried. I, you know, I try. I mean, I, hey, I'm in the first episode of my new season because, again, you know. What, it's I, nice. I'd say one word. That's nice. Yeah. Have you, it's like mm. it's like signing a thing. Mm. You know what I mean? There, there's a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Hitchcock in his movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit. So, but how do you get from Philly to here? I mean, I know it's a long story. My, but the first book I read was literally. Yeah. I went to the. Li- this is a. This is exactly how it happened. Yeah. I went to the public library. I went into the theater section. Yeah. I saw a book that was titled "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf" by Edward Albee. Mm. I read the book in the library. I got a library card. I came home. I had all my friends on the stoop and my sisters and my brother act out all the parts. Martha and George. Really? Everybody, yep. And 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 it sort of just took over from that point. You did a stoop production mm-hmm. of... Uh, <laughs> stoop production. Yeah, of Who's yep. Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I went to Edward Halby many years later to ask if I could do it black, and he said no. Did you really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
That must have hurt a little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> <laughs> Did he give you any reason or that was the end nope. of What a bastard. I don't know. I yeah. guess he sees it a certain way and I understand that. Yeah, but it's a play. You release it out into the world. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you or Edward Albee, but it's I'd just love seems... to do it as a play. I'd love it. I think it's a great play. It, you know, you could probably do. Oh, you wanted to do a movie? Yeah. Oh, you could probably do a play. I don't think he allowed it. And, oh, that's a that's a condition. Like that would be crazy. I, I mean, believe. By so. the way, this can't be done by black people. I believe so. Huh? I don't. Don't quote me. I won't. So, so you go from there to like, how old are you when that happens? Eight or nine. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you wanted to be in show business from that? I didn't point know on. that it was show business. I didn't. But really you liked know. it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't any really. There weren't. You know, my grandfather owned a. Um, didn't own. He was the manager of a theater, so I saw a lot of black exploitation films yeah. as a kid. Uh, Shaft and Superfly and Claudine and The Lady Sings the Blues and a whole. There was a period of wonderful cinema. Yeah. Where people and then there was um, some great television yeah. at the time. Norman Lear television. Yeah was inspirational but i didn't really know that that was what i didn't know that that was called a director or a writer or a creator yeah i just knew that i wanted to be a part of something that i didn't know what it was so i went to school where um, i went to play um uh, lindenwood colleges in um st louis in st charles missouri uh-huh i don't know why you don't know why. Mm, that was the only place that probably would accept me you, t- you graduated high school and you end up in missouri went to an all white high school all white high school, which is really interesting. Back in the in the in the in the seventies, how was that for you? It's fantastic. Yeah, my, my neighbor was a butler. Yeah, I ended up doing a movie because of him mm-hmm. called The Butler. And he, uh, my mom, yeah. my mom knew that early on that I would get in trouble. the The principal of our, the vice principal of my junior high school, said yeah. that I would amount to nothing. That I was going to end up dead. And my mother said, "No, he won't." And um, Mr. Brodsky's his name. Yeah, and so. So my neighbor worked worked for a chauffeur that had that owned the um, Philadelphia Eagles, huh. and in he lived in Villanova. Yeah, and uh, and he had, and so he said, "Well, why don't we use his address?" Ed Snyder was his name, and we used his address, and he was kind enough to let me. And I went to an all—I literally was transported from an all African American world to a completely where I was the only <laughs> spot in the spot. Okay, so it was just. Me and um, maybe a couple others, and uh, and it was great. So that I didn't experience racism at all, which is I don't know how that is, but I didn't, or I was too naive to see it. Yeah, and this is high school. Mm-hmm. You would have known. Yeah, I would have known. Sure. Yeah, I would have. I didn't. I auditioned for a play called um, "The Sound of Music," and I couldn't understand why it was that I, they wouldn't give me the role of something von trop uh-huh. and i was like i why i did a better audition than this knucklehead yeah and uh they gave me max instead i played the nazi i think nazi sympathizer <laughs> well, that, i think that's that's all right that's pretty good casting so that was sort of, some power in that <laughs> that was, was my first the irony it was the first job ever and um and the bug was there again i didn't know what it was and so I went to college to study political science because I wanted to make my dead father happy. Yeah. Because he wanted me to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Isn't that weird how you still honor him? <clears throat> even if you're, you know, your feelings are mixed about them, mm-hmm. that you still honor them even when you may not want to? Mm-hmm. Did you feel, did you feel that during that? Like, you know, like, like, why am I doing that? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Do you? 
Well, I do. Like, you know, I, I, what I find is that, you know, my father's still alive and, you know, he has sort of receded a bit in my psyche and in my heart. But, uh, but, you know, I do do things like him. And I, you know, when I talk to him, I have to make sure that I have some very serious boundaries around who I am and who he is. And uh, sometimes it's emotional. Mm-hmm. But I try not to show that because mm-hmm. I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And I'm 53. You know, and I'm going to be stealing <laughs> what you just did, what you just shared with me. Yeah. I'm stealing that for a scene or two. Okay. <laughs> that I'm serious because it was so visceral. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can. You can. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get... I have ideas, yeah. And so you know, you, you stay stay with you, yeah. And I steal that moment that what you just said, good. And you'll go, wait a minute, that's it. I, if you're looking, maybe yeah. episode twelve in of Empire or <laughs> one of these shows <laughs> or Star, that would be me <clears throat> talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So, all right. So you don't do the law thing. I don't do the law thing. I go to, and yeah, I don't do the law thing, and um the political science thing and second year into school yeah i just decided that was it was a wrap i was going with this girl um from hawaii yeah and um and just sort of i was i was finding out who it was sexually yeah you know and uh and then another trial and error yeah another girl i dated just said you know you're gay don't you and i go no (laughs) she says yeah you are so i said i said you know So I said, um, I said I want to go to Hollywood. Yeah. And he, she said, okay, here's seventy bucks. So I think it's either she gave me seventy bucks, I took a bus. Yeah. And I landed in Hollywood. And that was that. <laughs> yes. No plan. No. I'm here. I swear. Knew he gay. Uh huh. <laughs> Is that crazy? No. That's crazy. And I was yeah. homeless. <laughs> For a little bit, for a little bit. Then I had a nursing agency. I went to I went to work at a nursing agency at those times. I don't know where they still have them, at, but the classified ads in the LA yeah. Times. And I went and I saw a receptionist, and I became a receptionist at a nursing agency. And it was um like just because it was a job. Yeah, no, it was a job. Oh I, no, was like, I, was, I know I, I knew I had a good voice. I could I knew that yeah. I, I you know yeah, and um, it was a sales job, and so I was selling nurses, and I knew nothing of nursing, and I could um, if your mom got sick. Or if your dad got your dad got sick uh-huh. and they wanted in home care, oh, yeah. Or if your wife was having a baby and they needed a nanny or whatever, oh, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so it was literally like a booking agency for mm-hmm. nurses for nurses. Uh-huh. And so, and then a year in, they made me the manager because I was a good sales rep. And then after that, I was like, I don't like. Why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. and I was living out of a church. You know, I was for after I, I I was homeless and then I moved into a church and then I was directing theater that's how it started i directed theater in the church because they they had a theater in the back of the church and so i was directing in baldwin hills so i was directing theater in the back of a church and um they just let you live there well he found it yeah they found out they found it uh, but then i moved i mean it wasn't long it was like like three weeks or two weeks oh, or oh, something oh, okay you know, it wasn't it was <laughs> a short-lived i mean when you're homeless you go from place to place you know what i mean so that was a place but i remained at that church and um and they had a theater, and I was directing one X. Yeah. Still unaware of what it was that I wanted to do. Right. You know, I went back yeah. to, from acting to directing yeah. to really, and then, um, and then I um, and then I got a job. I got my first apartment in Hollywood. In the where was the job? You mean <clears throat> the still the, the, job nursing. the nursing agency? Yeah, yeah. And then a year into the nursing agency, mm-hmm. after they made me manager, I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, hold on, right. something's wrong with this picture. I can do this myself. 
And so I ended up taking five of their nurses and I had become friends with all of the, how you get their work there is you become intimate friends with discharge planners at different hospitals and, uh -huh. and or social workers at different hospitals yeah. that call in for help. Right. And um, most of them were African-American women. Yeah. And so they would give me work. And before I knew it, I had my own nursing agency and I had um, like several hundred nurses that were working for me. I worked out of my apartment. I ended up moving in Welshire and La Brea, my offices. My so first you were a office. nurse agent. Mm-hmm. Still directing theater. And um one acts in Baldwin Hill at the church. No, I was at that point on Melrose sometimes. Uh, we were at the Zephyr. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. And <laughs> and it was I grown a little bit. Yeah. So you were casting and you were directing? No, I wasn't casting yet. I was just, but I, mean, I was still in theater, and then I was at. The, I still have the nursing agency. But I mean, how were you putting the plays on? You you directing night. it, so you yeah. cast it, right? So yeah. you were putting the whole show together. Yeah. So you, that's how you were starting in show business, and mm -hmm. you were booking nurses. Yes, for the, for from the my. Wheelchair. But I was yes. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And um, and then the producer of uh, of um, Purple Rain came in. Yeah. And um, asked me if I wanted to like he was a client, and he said, "What do you want to do?" Oh, at the nurse at your nursing uh -huh. office. Okay, he happened yeah. to come in because you pay the nurse. Let's yeah. say I pay. I made a lot of money, by yeah. the way. That was a lot of money to be made. And by the way, we were the first nursing agency to be under contract with AIDS Project LA. Oh wow, which is crazy because no one wanted to touch people with AIDS right. back in those days, and right. our nurses did. And so we made a lot of money. And yeah. um, and uh, and then you know. And I was, that's when the drug use began a lot because I didn't really, you know, it was you had money, a, a lot of money, running a lot of nurses mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and not running a lot of taxes, uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? yeah. you know, and, um, so yeah, yeah let the party begin. Yes. And sure. so, um, so the guy from purple rain came in and, and I ended up doing casting, you know, and then it, that, that I was casting. I mean, you know, I was, what do you mean? He said, he, he, brought, he said, what do you want to do? And yeah. I said, I want to do, I'm in the entertainment business. He said, how can you be in the entertainment business and you're taking care of my father? I said, <laughs> um, well, I want to be in the entertainment business. <laughs> he said, what do you, he said, well, this is what you do. You become a PA. I said, PA. Okay. So then, um, with a successful business, you're running your own business and the guy yeah. offers, he says a PA job. Yeah. I sold the nursing agency to become a PA. I sold the nursing agency for a lot of money. And I drove on to the set of Warner Brothers with a Armani suit, a Porsche, and a Newport cigarette. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, ready for my PA job. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't yeah. last very long. I went into casting, and then became friendly with Prince. And you know, um, wait, I, sort of, I, so I'm sorry. So mm -hmm. you PA'd on Purple Rain, mm -hmm. and then that was casting, sort of casting, sort of. But okay. I was fired and. I mean, if you IMDb me, you can't. I'm not. I'm not even listed as credit. I mean, as I've literally. I'm, but you go as a PA, and they use you for casting the casting. Yeah, because agent. he was he connect. You know, it was all about. Um, it was all about our connection, and it was the suits against you know right. the black men. Like I, we knew I, I had an eye for talent then. Yeah, and so I didn't know that that was my God gift then. Your connection with Prince, you mean? Me, after you met Prince, yes, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we. Yeah. And yeah. The irony is, is that Clarence Williams III was in that film. Yeah. And I, I, I cast him in that. And then years later, I get to direct him in The Butler. Yeah. That's crazy, crazy. It was like crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Luke from Mod Squad. Yeah, I know. He's was, good. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. Anyway, so... um, American Gangster. He was a good American Gangster. Genius. He's good in your movie. Yeah, yeah. He's great. But, um... So, so that starts you. You and you now was Prince. And then, did and we then friends with Prince? Did you get Lee, friend Lee? 
ish. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Sure. In the beginning, you know, yeah. And then we did Under the Cherry Moon. Mm. And then we did mu- music videos, a bunch of music videos. With Prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's a good way but to Warner's was really happy with me. Yeah. And I started working over at Warner Brothers and and I was like head of minority talent. They was, called it that? I don't know what the hell. It, it was something like that. And I don't know. And it, it's like, I, all I know is, is that, you know, minority. I was casting and it was like before, it was pre-Spike Lee and post the black exploitation era. So I was <laughs> sitting there with a pencil uh-huh. <laughs> and a suit <laughs> feeling important like I was a businessman, you know? On the Warner lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> minority town i guess something like that um so you were you were you were the uh a, you were a casting agent at the studio basically sort of yeah yes kind of development too like where you know no, no nope, development just at all. and then i just got said wait a minute hold on this is like i i i didn't um i wasn't getting fulfilled so uh-huh. i kept, part of the job was watching going to theater Right. And watching, um, I'd long given up the desire or didn't even know, like I had no longer done directing theater. And so I was going to see plays and part of it was seeing all these black plays in New York and LA and Chicago. And, um, what year is this? This, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what's going on? What were the big plays? um, Gospel of Colonus, Uh Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah. Um, I guess it was just post dream girls, post dream girls. Uh I was a kid when dream girls was out. So, I don't remember yeah. the year, but... But oh. you're scouting. Mm-hmm. Talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for what? I don't know. Exactly. Minority So scouting. I decided... <laughs> Just making a dossier of minority talent. <laughs> and so with that... Oh, and I met this wonderful woman who um, changed my life. Who Her name was Paula Kelly. And I had seen her in Sweet Charity on... In, in the in the in the film yeah in Sweet Charity with Shirley MacLaine and Cheetah Rivera and I saw her in Sophisticated Ladies with Gregory Hines on Broadway and I said why aren't you working I need to see you working as a light bulb I'm going to manage you and so we I, I opened a management company where I was managing actors and and um and um you know I come you know I came from a place where as a kid you know most of uh, like a, a lot of my family members and yeah. and neighbors were drug dealers mm-hmm. so you know or pimps and you know so mm, you need a hustle is that I what you yeah and so I figured you know I would do it with actors <laughs> yeah. and so it was really <laughs> you pimp nurses for a while yeah now you're gonna pimp actors yeah sort of <laughs> um, and how did how, like, you start to build like cause you I had a you, good reputation I had a really well I don't know whether it was a good reputation I had a, but you I, made I, got, I made sure that my talent was working the problem was was that they did not have roles that I felt were suitable for um, the actors that I was working with, and it was embarrassing telling them that they could just play a pimp or a drug dealer or a prostitute at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I learned the game. Yeah, I started representing young white kids, mm-hmm. and that's when it changed. You know. Yeah. And so, um, and then that took me around the world. Yeah. You know, and I represented. Uh, I don't know from. Uh, I, and then I ended up representing European ta- Nastasia Kinski, um, Ashwarya Rai in India. Yeah. Was like you know the Bollywood princess. And what changed the game for me was when I started representing a kid named Wes Bentley. I found him in a play. And he then started in American Beauty. And, and I, oh, that's that movie, that, the movie, the my, my Big Break, the documentary. My Big Break? About Wes and the people he lived with. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. I, didn't see, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen it, though. What do you mean? No, how, how should I see it? Well, I, 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 I knew you were featured in it somehow. How? 
Well, I mean, Wes is in it. Yeah, I have to see it. I'm, I'm about we halfway through it. Is it getting good? What's well, weird to watch? They were all you know, high. Well, no, it, uh, they, well, they were all been. high. I don't know. We were all high for sure. But there was two, like two or three of them, made it out of that house. Wes and then Michael Shannon. I found him in Chicago. Was Michael Shannon? Yeah. You managed him at the beginning. In the very beginning, I got him his first job. I got him a sad card in the movie that I produced. It was the second film called The Woodsman. Yeah. Um, With Kevin Bacon? Mm-hmm. Kira said, I produced that. Uh, that was my second My first movie... So I, I ended up leaving management because I got tired of uh, telling African-American actors, you can only play this. I, right, I got to create right. something. I, I got to realize I got to take it. I got to up my game. What was the name of your management agency? Lee Daniels, a management company. So you did all right with it. How long were you doing that? I don't know. Eight right. years? So that's how, wow, what a, that's an amazing story, really. So then I said, I got tired of that, and I said, I wanna, yeah. I'm going to make my own destiny. Yeah. And then I ended up uh, producing my first film. And it was, you know, it, I don't know how I did it, but we did it. In, uh, Monsters Ball? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's, a, uh, that's a real hammer of a movie. And that's the way to start a career. I didn't yeah. know that I was doing what I was doing, but I just was doing it. Yeah. Doing whatever I could do to make sure that this movie, this vision was um was executed how did that come to you the writers yeah. came to me because they at the time there was um there were many incarnations i believe sean penn um robert de niro yeah and uh marlon brando were attached at one time oh wow and um that's that's big yeah <laughs> and um it just they just can get the movie made and yeah. so the writers came to me and um and i said i'll do it let's let's figure it out and um Wes Bentley was going to star. He didn't. And um, and so I got Heath to star instead because he was a friend of Wes's. Uh-huh. And, um, and so, and that really began my career as, you know, and I as learned, I, well, you know, Puffy, you know, um, I don't know what, I guess as a producer, you could say that. You, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you say that? What's it, what would you Well, say? because I did more than that. Just, I mean, I oh, was I very much that. involved with the, right. you know, the, the, the acting. Sure. You knew what you wanted. You mm-hmm. knew, yeah. You, you you saw it. So you sort of were a, a secret co-director. I don't know whether I. I don't think that that's the right word to say because as a director now I would take deep offense to it. Okay. So I think Mark Forrester is a genius, and I think, but I knew that I knew I wanted performances from, yeah. and I learned from Mark. Yeah. How to hold a camera, uh-huh. and I learned really on to, set. Literally, yeah. I learned that I learned the makings of what how to direct. You know, uh, in that medium. Uh huh. Um, and also from the medium from when I was on set with other actors, yeah. you know, so, um, that was that. And then I, did so this m- is how you, this is how you went to school on set. I yeah. learned how to direct from other directors that I respect. I put my, um, actors with directors that I respected. And now we're at uh, the point where you're going to direct a movie. Yeah. And it was the first movie I directed. Well, I was getting cocky, you know, yeah. I was getting cocky and I was still, you know, sure. Yeah. And, um, and I believed the press on you, you. Believed after Monsters Ball. Oh yeah, yeah. You believe it? Yeah. And you're doing coke. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bad combination. And oh, yeah, you're basing too. Whatever I, I oh. got, whatever I. You yeah, sure. It. I've never done heroin. Oh, that's a lie. I did it once. I threw it, but I couldn't take it anymore. I had the exact same experience never, with heroin. Ever, did the you? Exact same. I'll never experience. do it again. Snorted it. <laughs> Me too. Got itchy. Oh my god. Threw up. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't need this. Never. <laughs> did you even get high? 
No, not that. I don't remember. No, I tried it one other time where I smoked it and I definitely felt the high, but still not for me. I go up. I don't like to go down. Yeah, me too. I'm with, oh, dude. Yeah. We would have been trouble if we knew each other. <laughs> but anyway, so um, well, why not? I mean, like, the, it was a critic's darling. And the same yeah. thing with Woodsman. You know, we won can. It was heavy, man. Kevin playing a child molester. <clears throat> Wasn't and that I, it? Well, yeah. But the thing was, I wanted to not, I remember after Monsters Ball, like, okay, he's the, he's new on the scene. Yeah. What are they going to, and so I got offered all these black films. Right. That just were in everything that I didn't want my clients mm-hmm. as a manager to do. Right. You know? They're like, he's Lep- the minority guy again. Leprechauns from the right. hood, part seven. Oh, I was yeah. like, what's one, two, three, four, five, six? Yeah. You know, what is that? I never even heard <laughs> yeah. of it. And, then, yeah. and stuff. So I yeah. wanted to do something different. And I had gotten my kids, my kids, my, you know, my, I raised my brother's kids. I got my, what happened to your brother? He's going to jail. Oh. And he called me up and he said, can you come? My wife is going to have some kids and she won't take care of them. Can you take care of them? I was like, no. No, I'm you partying. Were, yes, exactly. I was in Palm Springs at a white party, high as a kite. I had no intention. <laughs> but my partner at the time, who was a very famous casting director in 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 L.A. Yeah, in New York, wanted kids, and and so um, three days after they were born, um, I got them, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't want them at first. Uh, you know, the mother rang the doorbell mm-hmm. um, of my mother's house and left two bassinets down in, Come on. in Philadelphia in the winter and took off before my mom opened the door. You're kidding me. Mm. And my mom said... It's almost biblical. It is. It is. And my mom, yeah, it is. Wow. And we looked at it like that. My mom said, called me up and said, listen, I've raised all of you yeah. and I've raised all these other grandkids. Yeah. I'm not raised no more. Yeah. So I'm calling social services if you don't come get them. So I said, really? And my partner was like, okay, that's what I want to do. So we ended up um, taking them. And um, and that's when I got off of um, drugs. Right. Because I was, you know, they, I remember them like they were two-ish. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And they were in front of the TV. Yeah. And I was living on the Upper West yeah. Side. And I remember stepping over them and going out to the man around the corner. Uh-huh. And realizing that I had left them in the house. Uh, and I said, that's it. And that was the end. I never, and that was the end. Is that beautiful though? That was the end of The that. drugs. Yes. yes. Well, just the fact that you, <clears throat> you, you realized that you were putting these young lives in danger. Mm-hmm. And that was more powerful than drugs. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You got a good heart. Yeah, I thought that, you know, I thought when I got them that I was saving them and (laughs) they ended up saving me. That's sometimes the way it works. Um, So your brother's still in jail or is he out? He just came out recently. No kidding. It was great. He was FaceTiming me with my sister in the car. He hadn't been in jail for forever and and like years and years and years. And he's FaceTiming me and you could see that he was like, it was like, the Jetsons. He was trying to figure out how to hold the FaceTime. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Now, you guys, you, have you seen him in person yet? I did. I saw him last Sunday and for the first time. Oh, my God. How was that? Powerful. I can't Powerful. imagine. He sent me a letter towards... We separated. Yeah. We, we, we didn't... We weren't friends. Yeah. We were very close. Yeah. And then he went in one direction and I went in another direction. He sent me a letter from jail. Yeah. And he said, I'm sorry for hating you all these years. Oh. Just because. 
I guess it was, I was gay, you know, yeah. and it affected me deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 is is the are you guys all right? I mean, you know, yeah, this is all right as we can do with all the years that have been separated. You know, so more to come. Yeah, we'll see. I think we're okay. We're going through it in a good way. Mm. Look at he was so happy. I gave him. I gave him a whole box of clothes. I like a whole bunch of clothes. I don't know whether this is personal to be sharing with everybody, but I gave him a whole bunch of clothes. I don't care. He he don't care either. Yeah. Um, I gave him a whole bunch of clothes and um. What you take for granted, what I take for granted, yeah, I forget, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he must have been appreciative. He is very appreciative. And now he came dressed up looking like a. He, when I saw him, I said, "Damn, you look like Lee Daniels." <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you get like? Well, I imagine it's gonna be interesting with the kids now too, huh? Yeah. Oh, I mean, literally, this is what I'm going through right now in my life. Wow. I got to write. I'm making it. TV. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that's why I go into the world to escape. Yeah. Because when I come back, I got to deal with this mess. Well, is you it a mess I mean? or is well, it's it not just a mess? But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's messy. It's heavy. It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's, we're yeah. trying to make we're trying to make a lot. The kids are great. Yeah. They're Good. fantastic. Okay. It's it's just us that you know and yeah. how he's dealing with it. I mean, yeah. Guilty, what's going to happen? His yeah. issues. Oh you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah yeah. But the kids are solid. They're okay. just like they're clear. She's in Paris spending my money in schools and film school. Uh-huh. He's in New York modeling, making a lot of money. Uh huh. He's fabulous. Everybody's good. And then you got the old man's out. Yeah. And now it's like now what happens? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, there's a movie coming. Wow. Well, that's interesting. So let's talk about. We're going to run out of time because I know you got to run in about t- ten minutes. So mm-hmm. let's talk about. I want to talk about you know how Precious happened. How how did you come across that story? Sapphire is amazing. Didn't she just a tour de force? Unbelievable. Did you read the book? I did read the book. It, it yeah. It well, she's written a, a few things. It shook yeah. me to my core. Uh huh. She shook me to my core. I couldn't sleep. How did you come across the book? It got it was part of my sobriety. Get out. It was. I had that in a book called Ice, which, by the way, you should see by Ray Shell. I own that too. That's going to be something else that I'm turning. Ice, iced, dude, iced. Rush out and get a copy if you yeah. can get a copy. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's out of print, but it's pretty good. So okay. I had Precious, I Push, and Iced, and they sort of um, and and this other thing, yeah, Paperboy, um, that um, became that a Pete, movie. Pete Dexter, did. yeah, and the three of those books got me sober. Um, helped me with my sobriety and um, how so by connecting you to I don't know other people's experience your I, heart I, was, I, I mean those that, are I, don't, I don't know what it was huh. about all of it but uh-huh. you know I think that the the African American experience yeah. viewed from that pers- really I don't know yeah I hear you just, I just sure. part of the what I was going through yeah and I decided to say I want to make it a movie and um, and when I went to everybody that you know with all the awards that I had, they were like, no. <laughs> so I had to go out and raise money for it, and I did. And we made a great film I'm really proud of. And uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable film. <clears throat> and you did it all on your own. They turned mm-hmm. you They turned you away. Yes. And but I'm used to you. being turned away. Yeah. But from my, the very beginning, from Monsters Ball on, they said, who did, well, who, because nobody wanted to see the movie. Who wants to see a movie, an interracial, you know, but isn't that a tremendous, you know, in retrospect, you know, like now with Empire, isn't that a tremendous misunderstanding of of, of the audience? Well, for sure. I, I mean, mean, you know, I yeah, I think that, you know, they continue to underestimate the intelligence of the American public. 
That's not for just, sure. Not just the African-American public, but the American public of what it is that is. So it's my job and it's other, it's, it's filmmakers' jobs yeah. to educate, say, okay, this is what you're going to see. Right. And define this is what the, you're going to see. And when you do it your way, you can do that. Yeah. Right? Yep. Because I just saw uh, the headline of some article that, you know, because of franchises, directors are interchangeable. But that's why people like you who do, who have artistic freedom and license and, and want to push the, the, the boundaries, you've got to keep making your own movies. Yes. Yeah. And now you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, which one? That's the question. That's the question. But I'm excited with my, you know, with Empire and Star. You know, I think that, um, that. And I'm not complaining about TV. I shouldn't complain about TV because it really is. I'm enjoying telling stories. It's much. Stories. It's a lot more immediate, isn't it, than than movies in mm-hmm. a way? That and you can you can shift and move. Yeah. And, and I cool. mean, if you can like, if you can assign, if people you trust, you got to yeah. hand over your baby to somebody mm-hmm. and pray that the actors know who they like, that they understand who what this vision is. So you got to pray that the that the showrunner knows and the actors remember and then you're solid well have you been like you, you know coming into that i mean how much because you got some pretty powerful actors mm-hmm. and you know when you i would imagine after a season you you, you don't have to ride them too much no they get it <laughs> yeah i'm good with i'm good i'm good i'm good with both shows as as a matter of fact uh-huh. i think yes i think that they're i have enormous talent um on this show i've been blessed I've been really blessed, you know. I, as I sit here and I can actually laugh, yeah, about the homeless joke uh-huh. that I'm homeless, yeah, and yet I started out homeless, and I preferred that homeless because that homeless, at least I knew how to dream. I'm dreamed, yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm shifting my spirits like wherever the couch is. And also, we open no. this conversation by talking about how horrible things are in the country mm-hmm. and, and in reaction to that, mm-hmm. you know, given that you are telling a lot of these stories that you tell, how do you adjust now? Do you adjust? Do you push harder? Do you, do you, are you making adjustments in your mind, given that we are now living in unabashed... Uh, uh, the- I don't, I've learned that... that um, Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's what I've learned. Uh Uh-huh. That I will say what the fuck I want to say. I will write what the fuck I want to do because that's exactly what they're doing right now in the White House. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that you... But yeah, I will try to do it with dignity. You Mm. know, it only makes me want to... It makes me know that I'm right, that my spirit is right, Mm -hmm. and it's clean, and that it's from a pure place. And though a lot of, as I said before, a lot of people may not want to hear it, I'm going to say it. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> you got to. Thanks for talking, man. It was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, man. Okay, that's it. That is it. That's the show. Don't forget to pre-order your copy of Waiting for the Punch and then enter yourself in our podcast fan sweepstakes. Go to markmarinbook.com to pre-order and enter the sweepstakes. Now, I wasn't going to play guitar because I'm sick, but people have been liking the dirty guitar. I'm going to go in the house and uh, I'm going to get my Stratocaster.
Boomer lives!